0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Defining the Dash Podcast. I'm Mark Mullinger, host, joined today by Brother Chad Clifton, the co-host, and we have the honor this week to be joined again by our good friend Brother Aaron Roberts. For those of you that knows Brother Aaron, you know what kind of privilege it is for us to have him in the studio with us, uh, Brother Aaron. Last week we were talking something about your mom and your dad, and we looked a little bit about uh, how they grew up and the church they got saved in, and his early ministry and his pastoring. Um, we asked you about what it was like to grow up in their home. Um, I remember growing up going to the old church um, that your, your father pastored, and then uh, a few years later, I remember going to a new church. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition period? So, so they actually
1: did three. They actually built on to the to the original church. So, okay. I, I mentioned last week about Brother Burgess Hess. And the original church down on down at the foot of Horton Ridge, uh, that church was really tiny. I'll never forget we had Brother L.D. Moore. For those of you who know Brother Moore, Brother Moore got up and uh, and he was preaching in the in that in the, in the old church. And I'll never forget he took his text uh, uh, where the prophet said hell from beneath is moved to meet the at coming. The place was packed out that night. I'll never forget as long mm-hmm. as I live. And when he read his text, the floor collapsed. And the, the last five rows fell about 12 inches. And people were screaming. And needless to say, he said, hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. And when that floor collapsed and people, the, the floor literally moved under their feet, uh, there was a whole family got up after he finished his message and came and got saved. And that family is still at West Side today. Wow. Yeah, the Lester family.
0: I, I think I would have got up too and got <laughs> yeah. saved, to be honest with you. So, so Brother
1: Roger Boyd at that time, he, he was dad's assistant pastor for 30-some years. And uh, what a wonderful man Brother Roger mm-hmm. is. You see it. But you know he, he, he got under the next day and, and braced that up. And so they made up their mind at that point. And this was like in 80, 85, 86. They made up their mind at that point they were going to build a, a new church. And what they did is they added on to the, to the old church. And they tore it down, poured a pad, and built a new church. And that was around 86 time frame. And uh, somewhere around 20 years later, 2007, 8 time frame, they began to work on a new church. Mm -hmm. And uh, they bought a piece of property in the late 90s out at the top of Raven there beside the F&M Food Mart. And they bought, I think it was somewhere around two and a half to 3 acres I'd moved away at the time, so I can't remember the exact acreage sure. that they bought. But uh, they they moved there, and so during that transition time after they sold that church, they had church at the little brick church down behind the tabernacle, mm. wow. little red brick church, and they stayed there for over a year, I believe it was, and then mm. then they moved into to West Side where they are now. So they had three transitions, you know, throughout the fifty years. Wow,
2: wow. And wasn't there a point as well that the old church there at foot of what Ridge flooded and all, oh, um, uh, yes. things like that too. It, you,
1: you know, it flooded about five times wow. in, mm-hmm. in, in 30 years, flooded about five times. So it's like every five or six years it would flood. The last time, <coughs> the last time the water got up about three foot high, excuse me, inside the church. Mm-hmm. And there was just, it was just a, you know, uh, everyone's sewer ran into the stream, and when the stream got up that high, you can imagine. Wow. It was, it was very rough inside there.
2: I can't imagine so, yeah. the heart, how heartbreaking that would be. It, it was.
1: That, they, mm-hmm. Their hearts were broken because they were planning on building a brand new church. Right. And they ended up taking the money that they had saved and putting it in, remodeling the church that was water damaged. But, it, you know, God blessed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And within within five years of them moving in the new church, the new church was totally paid off. Wow.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of that new church, I got a brother Mike Roberts story. Um, he he he's he was a guy I look I looked up to looked up to him a lot growing up. Not, not not just saying that because you're here. I uh, looked up at him and looked up at Brother Gabbard. I thought they still do you know, mighty men. Um, but uh, there was one day I was down at the, the new church and we were we were sanding the walls and I was working at Burger King, and uh, I was young and single at the time. And I was just, you know, trying to Mac. You know what I mean? And so it's a little girl down there I had my eyes on. And, you know, tell my wife it didn't go anywhere. I didn't even get her number. I can't remember her name. But there was a girl down there I had, had my eye on. So I would go down there after, after work, Burger King. And uh, the first time I ever seen his standing block, I didn't even know what a standing block was. <laughs> and I'd be trying to sand them walls, you know, just, you know, trying to show off the muscles I didn't have, you know, just trying to prove myself a man, which I wasn't, I don't know, you know, but, uh, but one day, I don't know if Brother Mike felt sorry for me, you know, realizing I wasn't very good at sanding or what, but... Uh, but he sent me an old gray van. I don't know. You remember the gray van? Yes, absolutely. The gray van. That's where
1: he had the entire time he remodeled it or built that new man, church. Man,
0: he sent me that gray van. And I thought, man, here's Brother Mike Roberts going to give me the key to his vehicle. Yes. I mean, I was feeling pretty good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm like, now I've impressed the pastor. You know what I mean? Yes, so right. I'm working my way in a little You're bit at time. <laughs> and so he wanted me to go down the road and, and get some hot dogs. His little store right down the Gary's road. Gary's Deli. Gary's Deli. Yeah. Had a little drive-thru on it. And uh at this time it did anyway. So I was just driving through, my assignment was simple. We've already ordered it, we've already paid for it, just go pick it up. Well I could do that, you know. It's kinda like going out and killing something, dragging it home, you know. <laughs> and so I got hoping to van go down the road, maybe a mile down the road, and I go around through there and I don't know what I was doing. Obviously I wasn't paying attention. But I got too close to some kind of, um, I think it was like a a rock wall or too close to something, the center block. And I scratched the driver's side of that van. I don't know if you ever noticed that. (laughs) I never noticed Be looking for it because that was me. And so I come back. And how do you tell Brother Mike Roberts that you scratched his van? You don't tell him. (laughs) <laughs> i didn't tell him oh my so i didn't know what to say you know what i mean because all my pride was gold it the shot oh my and so uh anyway brother mike went outside got something came back in and said son did you wreck my van <laughs> you couldn't lie you know what i mean <laughs> and so i told him what had happened he's like son that's all right i was like well that wasn't as bad as i thought it was <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, a, a guy that I respected so much and loved so much and really honored so much um, that when I wrecked his van, you know, instead of him, you know, giving me down the road, he just put his arm around me and just said, Son, that's all right. Don't worry about wow. it. And so awesome. I was like, man, that just took him from a 10 out of 10 to an 11 out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was, he was my, that was, that was my new church story. Yeah, but wow. Was, wow. Yeah.
1: There was a lot of great stuff happened there. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't tell you the revivals that we had over the years. And, and, and I couldn't tell you, you know, the, the prayer meetings we had. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, you know, growing up there. I mean, God would just move. But, but one of the things that's interesting is brother Moore always, he always would go down there and he would pray. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget the winter, you know, uh, that, uh, that he came to preach revival and, and mom and dad wanted him to stay with him. We wanted to be with brother Moore so bad. Yes. And so we were living in, in, in a farmhouse there above Davis Chapel Hill, the old Davis farm. Mm-hmm. And that, that farmhouse had holes all in the in the walls and that's how we grew up. And, and uh, we spent three and a half years of our life in that farmhouse. Well, instead of fixing the holes in the walls, dad just hung plastic over the outside of it during the winter time so that uh, the wind wouldn't blow through. And we had seven kerosene heaters. I remember one mm-hmm. winter, and uh, that you know one of the funniest things I ever saw in my life was that Wednesday night we come home from church and it was cold, and Mom had forgot and left a pot of green beans on the kitchen table, and you know the place was you know where it had holes in the wall. It was really open season for rats and mice. We killed I think uh, forty six mice, twenty three rats, and a mole. Wow! In three in three years, yeah. and and so there was so mom had on a black silk dress and she went walking into the little kitchen at the back Mouse run across her foot. And when she did, she she jumped so high she landed up in the middle of a kitchen table and sat down in a pot of green beans. <laughs> but but anyway, awesome. I, back to Brother Moore. I didn't <laughs> mean to awesome. do that. That was awesome. But, but back to Brother Moore. So, so Brother Moore stayed out there in the camper and he preached that week. And I'll never forget the, the revival we had. It was great. And that's the same week, I think, in the middle of the revival, Brother Randy Webb Came and visited, and he sat down beside Brother Moore on the front seat, and Brother Moore got up and said, "Brother Mike, I'm closing this revival." And my dad's sitting there like, "What?" Yeah. And he said, "God spoke to me and told me to go to Keen Mountain start tomorrow night, and he started on Wednesday and preached the rest of the week at Keen Mountain."
2: I've Isn't that heard powerful? Brother Webb talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, Brother Moore um, at that little church yeah. uh, really encouraged my dad. I, yep. I, my dad's told me stories. Brother Moore coming off the pulpit one night, talking to him and, and right. encouraging him and his ministry and stuff, and talking to him. And uh, a lot of great things happened. I mean,
1: great mm-hmm. things happened. And,
2: and it, it it don't have to be a a big right. fancy mega church, you mm-hmm. know, with thousands of people to for for to God. have a move of God. Yeah, sure. I mean, he he, he These little country churches, buddy. God knows how to get it done. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know you know why they were building that new church that you were standing on.
1: Uh, my dad, because because he had read so much through the years and studied so much through the years, he was so afraid mm-hmm. that the church would really change when he moved uh-huh. into the new church, and that really, mm-hmm. you know, he he really thought about that a lot, and he he thought I don't want we don't want to lose what we had. And he used to laugh and call us the Creekers because the Creek would run through the church so often. You know, <laughs> we're flood all the time. So you're, He said, we're the Creekers down there. <laughs> you know, down there at Mill Creek, the base of Wood Region. And, and so anyway, uh, he went on a 21-day fast hmm. while he was building that church. Wow. And I'll never forget showing up there one evening after I got off work, and Dad's up there on the pulpit, laying down, trying to put a piece of plywood on. And he was so weak, he could not even raise his hands to put that plywood down, me and my mm. brothers. I remember us all three getting around him and putting our hands on him and praying for him. Wow. And that was day number 19. Wow. 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 He said, wow. guys, I've got to make it to 21 days. He said, I've got to make it to 21. He said, if Daniel fasted 21 days, I can do it too. He said, I've got to get through a prayer through because I want this church to grow. And that was his vision. Mm. It was a vision. So I've got to, I've gotta see the work go on. He said, This is it mm-hmm. And he told me when it when they built the church, him and Mom said, This is our this is our memorial, this church right here. This is it. And it and it is.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Your dad made a difference in, in, in that community. Um, I know uh we have family that lived in that community that's lost. And they would tell us that they would be out trying to mow their yard or something and and this is a, a, a lady and uh, that the lawnmower would tear up or something and here would come brother Mike and sister Debbie up through there talking to the ones in that community trying to get them to come to church yeah, Right. Mm-hmm. and he would be in his suit and um, he would get down on his hands and knees in the grass and work on her lawnmower and try to get it started and, and get it back started for her and him in a suit and she would talk mm-hmm. about how that really it impacted, her, impacted like that. her life you know Right. and um and so they he he made a difference in the community around around the church wow.
1: too. you know you know one of the, one of the things that I found out when you know you, there's so much you do, so I remember they they didn't have the money to to really do everything they wanted to do right. but because dad never did really he never really believed in debt, and so my mom was so instrumental in helping him pay that church off, and I'll never forget uh. For three years, my mother made candles every single week, and she took and peddled those candles. Bought the supplies out of her pocket, and mm. took and and peddled, made sold those candles. You know how many? You know how many thousands of dollars were the candles my mother sold while they were working on that church to build it? Guess. Thirty. Forty-five thousand dollars. Forty-five thousand worth okay. of candles. Wow! Wow! She made beautiful candles. I wished I had one of them. I'd love to have. If 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 you're listening to this radio or this podcast, not broadcast, but podcast, we're a podcast. We're a (laughs) (laughs) podcast. If if you're listening to this podcast and you have, you know, and you know where those candles are, I'd love to have one. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she made forty five thousand dollars worth of candles and sold them, and put that money in the church.
2: Wow. That's That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's a vision and a burden. That's, that's yeah. dedication. She had
1: a vision and burden. Yeah.
2: So so dad. Yeah. And you know that's
0: that's along with you know being a pastor's wife and all the duties that come along with that. You know to make sure the church is going on and you know the lights are staying on and right. you know the babies are being rocked and the songs going on and services going on and you know well, it, it's everything a, else a pastor's wife does. It's
2: hard just being a parent of young kids and going to church. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much less carrying the church. Today. Yep. you know carrying the church plus <clears throat> those chip you know and i mean it's it's definitely um a lot to it and uh we've talked a little bit about uh you know growing up with with brother mike and and, and sister debbie and and what it was like um i know brother mike was big time into books yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was always talking about buying books and selling books, and oh my uh, I think he had a mobile library in the trunk of his car or something. <laughs> but uh, did uh, what did he ever say? Of course, other than the Bible, I know the, right. the Bible. Of course, is right uh, our favorite book. True. But uh, other than the Bible, what did he ever say? What his favorite book was? So so that's that's
1: that's a fascinating question, brother yeah. brother Chad. And I'll tell you why is because probably a month before he died uh i I talked to him about that when i you know just to give you some background information, my dad loved books so much that you know he 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 was told by Brother Vince Wilson when he was a young preacher he said, If you'll study and you'll read God's word and you'll study God's word, you'll never run out of anything to say and he said, if you'll study and you'll dedicate yourself to prayer and the reading of God's word, God'll always give you something fresh you'll have fresh oil you won't be saying the same mm-hmm. stuff all the time. So that's one of the things that dad believed. And WH White influenced him a whole lot during that period of his life when he first got started. And and so he, he bought commentaries and and you know, he would take a one week in August and he would go to book sales. And so growing up, I grew up in antique shops. Oh yeah. Yeah. So one week out of the year, our vacation time went and spent at the beach, our vacation time was going to antique stores and I still love it today. Oh yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but this is what I asked him. So I started doing missionary work in 2009 and 2010, and I went to Africa, and I told Dad, this was right before COVID, I said, Dad, I want to establish a library for the African preachers. I said, if you wanted to tell a young preacher what kind of books would you have mm-hmm. if you were just starting, he said, what would you do? I said, what would you do? I had no idea he was you know, going to pass away mm-hmm. as soon as he did. Actually, I didn't have that conversation. I, I had that vision before COVID, but I had this conversation with him probably a month and a half before he passed away. And he said, "This is what I would do." I wrote him down. He said, uh, "This is what I would. This is what I would have." He said, "I would buy first of all a Strong's Concordance with a Hebrew dictionary." Okay. okay. Now, young people, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, Esword has all these. Or most of them. So you can get you can download this on your mobile device. But he said, I would buy Strong's Concordance. Brown Driver Hebrew Dictionary. Mm-hmm. He said, I would buy Weiss Word Studies. W-E, W-U-E-S-T Word Studies. A. T. Robertson's Word Pictures on the New Testament. Vine's Dictionary. Matthew Henry Commentary and Pulpit Commentary. He said, but to start out, you really don't need a commentary. He said, you need to know the definitions of what the words are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you'll get your definitions down and you know what those definitions are, you'll look that up and not take it for granted. He said, you'll know your Bible. Wow. So one of the prank gifts that he gave me growing up, Brother Chad, you'll love this. Was the Bible for Dummies.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I opened that as a young man and, and I looked at <laughs> it, I'm like, Dad, it's like, that's what you needed, son. <laughs> All about the Bible for Dummies. That's awesome. So, that I might awesome. order to get that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I still got that yeah. book. I still have it. That's awesome. Oh, that's but, great. Yeah. So, But those books right there, that's what he said. That he He said, every young preacher should have those dictionaries because yeah. those dictionaries is what's important for studying the Bible. Now, he did, he did own a couple of theology books. Uh-huh. One of them was Tyson's Theology. Uh-huh. Another one was Hodges um, and E.S. Williams. E.S. Williams' book on systematic theology. He owned those. But honestly, Matthew Henry commentary, it's only five volumes. He uh-huh. loved that set. And he was he was into read he he wrote he he had me read uh, Charles Spurgeon's commenting on commentaries book. And yeah. Dad preached that every young preacher should read Matthew Henry commentaries. <laughs> along with his devotional in his Bible. So if you read a devo- if you're reading in your Bible, Genesis chapter nineteen, where Lot leaves Sodom, he said you should get out Matthew Henry after that and you should read that as a devotional section. So after you finish reading the scripture, read that as your devotional. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what dad believed and he practiced
2: it. That's awesome. I always, uh, I love hearing how the different people, how different people study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody does it just a little bit different. Sure. And I, I, I do it different. Everybody does it different. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure I found a way that works for me yet. Mm. <laughs> still, I'm still <laughs> experimenting, right. trying to figure out. Uh, but you know, uh, brother, brother, Bill Finley was in service with him the other night and he got to talking about uh studying and, and yeah you know, and young preachers asking him how to study and, and mm-hmm. things. And he said, What I go what I do is he said, I don't get my notebooks out, don't do nothing. He said, I'll get up and I'll go through and he said I'll 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 read through the whole book of the Bible, that whole book of the Bible. Wow. He said the next day I'll get up, I'll read through that whole book of the same book of the Bible again. Wow. He said, I'll mm-hmm. do that for three or four days. Mm-hmm. Then I get my notebooks and stuff out, and I'll start back at the beginning of it again. Wow. And I'll, okay, well he's he said this word love in all these different verses. Maybe you know this book is all about love. You know maybe this book's wow. and he said then then I start piecing together. Well if he wrote this book and it's about love, and then he wrote this book and, and you know and he starts wow. tying them together. You know, or mm-hmm. if he wrote this book and he talked about worship all through this, mm-hmm. then and if he wrote this book, maybe it's about you know, and he starts tying it all together then, and seeing the the overall picture of it, you know. Oh wow! And then he starts breaking it down a little little more, into and and it's it's just I always find it so interesting how, you know, sure. uh, you know, everybody studies so differently and and everything so. Mm-hmm. That's just a little rabbit trail. No, but, uh, that's awesome. I love rabbits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, rabbits are awesome. <laughs> that's you know. right. If it wasn't for rabbit trails, we our, our episodes would probably be much shorter, wouldn't they? I've never hunted rabbits, but I've sure been on a lot of trails. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We've chased a few. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Brother Aaron, what about your your mother? Was she a, was she a, a bookworm, yeah, so to speak? Know, did she you, love you reading knew as she much? Was. As so days? so. There
1: were years that dad had to preach a funeral or dad would be going somewhere to preach revival. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that book sale that he always went to in Pennsylvania, uh, it was always on a Friday and Saturday. And so, so if dad was preaching revival somewhere, he would send mom. <laughs> and uh, mom loved to read. So he and my mom, their favorite thing to do on Saturdays was to study together. Mm-hmm. So she would be studying in the study with him. And if she ran across something that she thought he needed to use. She would tell him. Awesome. And uh, so, so, you know, she 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 worked on a lot of his messages with him mm-hmm. there at the end, especially. And uh, they had a they had a great ministry together. Honestly, she she did so many women's conferences yes. all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she pretty much self educated. She did it herself. And and uh, her and dad made a great ministry team. Honestly, they, they made a phenomenal team, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it brings back some great memories. This yes. has been a, it's been an awesome time yeah. to talk about them. Oh, it's awesome. brought back so many memories.
2: It's a it's an awesome family to have the opportunity to get to talk about. Um, what uh, outside of of uh, of the church, getting to know the not just the preacher, uh, Brother Mike Roberts, but the mm-hmm. man, Brother Mike Roberts. Uh, which I know that's one and the same, but yeah. what were his hobbies outside? Was he a hunter and a fisherman? Was he? Oh, he, he loved to deer hunt. Oh,
1: he loved deer hunt. My he and my mom deer hunted together all the time. Really, You loved, mom loved it too. Hunting. Oh yeah, hmm. they deer hunted together. They bucked awesome. together. Yeah, they did. Awesome. Uh, he he loved to fish, and he got to do a whole lot more of it. You know. Uh, the last few years, and and I, I'm That's so great. glad to get I, I'll never forget, he, he took us fishing and, and took us deer hunting, and my very first deer hunting adventure was was with old dad freezing up in a tree. He said, son, you gotta be still. And I said, dad, I can't, I'm freezing to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I moved, I, you know, I, we, we moved to North Virginia, Virginia and I did, and uh, when we lived up there, we, we would come home every year for Thanksgiving. And what we always did for Thanksgiving, is we always went on a deer hunt. And and he successfully broke me from wanting to camp. Mm. <laughs> I'll never forget. Climb out of the tent. It was blue cold mm. and I stepped into six inches of ice on top of round mountain. Mm. And it was blue, blazing cold. I'll never forget as long as I live. And the wind was blowing so hard. We had to tie the tent down. I mean it was it was rough.
0: Did you get cold feet? I definitely. <laughs> I would have. I don't coffee. even know if we saw a deer,
2: but boy, we had a great time cooking. <laughs> I, I tell you, my, my dad would take us hunting, and and I, and I say this as as a, a boy, but things haven't changed much for me. <laughs> for me. When I go deer hunting, I still do the same thing. But we would we would go, and my dad would say, "Now listen, it's your turn to kill one." He's like, "If we if I see one, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you first shot." yeah I said great dad thank you you know I I got a good chance today you know well we get up there and we hike two or three hours up the mountain I mean as soon as I get up there and sit down I'm you know (laughs) I'm (laughs) out of it man well dad you know he's sitting there about the edge of daylight and here comes these three deer. Mm -hmm. now the deer in front is the biggest deer dad's ever seen I mean it's it's massive um the deer in the middle is a doe Mm -hmm. The one in the back is a spike. So I'm sitting there just snoozing away, and here comes these deer through. Dad said, "Chad, get up! Here's deer! Here's deer!" You know, he would not shoot till he gave me first shot. By the time I woke up, could actually get my eyes open enough to see that there was a deer there. That that big one I thought was a tree. Its horns (laughs) and stuff. I thought it was a tree. So. Uh, I ended up getting the spike that was all the way in the back, and my dad missed the biggest deer of his life because, because he so had made a sleeping. promise to me that he would let me shoot first. Oh my god! And so he just let it go right on by. And oh man! Know, so yeah, that, that's we've, love. We've discussed that deer. It, that's, that's real love. That's real love, brother. That's that's we, we have discussed that deer a time or two in my life. <laughs> I think I, I think I would have woke him up with a shot. <laughs> 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 oh, oh i still man. get a shot about yeah, it every sure. once in a while <laughs> oh yeah but oh, that deer yeah. ran around the hill and another guy shot it wow. when that deer yeah. curved around the mountain there we heard boom and uh when we went to tag my, back then you still had to take it to a check station mm-hmm. and tag your deer out you know and when we went to that check station that guy asked us um where where we killed that deer at and we told him and wow he said he said y'all ain't gonna believe me he said but there was a guy up there where y'all was at mm-hmm. brought in it was like a, a 16 point or something like that oh my, it was wow. like insane uh-huh. and uh, I said yeah we believe you I was like I'll let that go to get your spike <laughs> 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 I was like I believe that <laughs> thing ran right by a, oh, yeah. <laughs> my dad's sitting there like squirming he's just like <laughs> I had that <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he was sitting there with that 30 out 6 clear shot just you know but he wouldn't do it because he he promised me made you. a promise yeah. he made that promise that, uh um mm-hmm. wrapping up here towards the end of this thing but in looking at the life of a pastor and your mom and dad's life brother Aaron we always try to turn turn things back uh and and look at this in, in this way on, on these episodes when we're interviewing folks um to tie it back to their prayer life and we've yeah. talked all through this about a dedicated prayer life and mm-hmm. and and looking at the prayer life that your mother and father had, what kind of role do you think it played in their life and ministry and and really your your family,
1: brother Chad? Honestly, I that's 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 probably a profound. It's it's probably one of the most profound questions because it it was the role yeah. that really is the foundational. Role. I believe it. Yeah. If if mm-hmm. if we don't care about the dash. Right. If that's not the dash, yes, sir. Then we we've missed it. And yes, you know, I've got some great memories of, of 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 a lot of things, but the fondest memories I have are those times that I spent with my dad in church yeah. and in prayer, yeah. and listening to my dad talk about the Word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those those are the great memories. So my dad prayed most nights, a lot of nights, all by himself. Those all night prayer meetings I was telling you about. He, those were corporate all night prayer meetings mm. my dad prayed all night long once a week mm. wow yeah once a week and that was a practice he continued now he did tell me that Sundays would be a whole lot different if he had it to do over with the weekend yeah because he he would study and pray all night and then you know uh, get up and go to church and preach Sunday morning Sunday night teach Sunday school do you know the routine um but uh, he did tell me that if he had life to do over with, because when he got older, he couldn't sleep at night, he'd spent so much time burning the midnight oil.
0: Right.
1: He said, if I had it to do over with, I, he said, I'd, get, he said I'd, get a, yeah, I'd go to bed early, he said I'd get up about 4.30 or 5.00. He said stand, mm-hmm. instead of staying awake till 5.00 in the morning and then going to bed and get up at 9.00, he said I would got up at 4.30 or 5.00. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said I, he felt that would have been better for his health, but honestly, it totally shaped our lives, brother. Yeah, and we grew up going to camp meeting, and we grew up going to church, and and uh, I'm not saying I lived a perfect life, but anybody that knows me knows I'm not. But I'll tell you one thing: I had a great teacher. Yes, mom right. and dad were great teachers, and uh, my mother was a powerful prayer warrior, and so was my dad. And it's been an awesome time talking about them. Yes, Thank sir. you for being yes, here.
2: Absolutely. And one more one more thing before we uh, log off here: uh, you was talking about your dad and mom were were kind of like. Parents to young preachers, yeah what do you feel like your mom and dad's message to young people today would be? I know that's a little bit deep a little bit hard to think you know and putting words in other people's mouths but
1: I think I think my dad if he had it if if he had if he had an opportunity to tell the young people today what would change their life the most is be disciplined
2: be disciplined that's that
1: don't go with the flow be disciplined mm-hmm. be be disciplined about 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 god yes be yep. disciplined in your prayer life be disciplined in your bible reading discipline that's awesome yeah yep. in fact dad bought me that very book when i started pastoring my first church back in the 90s Bought me a book by Richard Shelley Taylor called "The Disciplined Life," and he said, "Son, you mm-hmm. need this more than you have any idea." So, yeah. <laughs> oh great. yeah! That is great. great. Yeah.
0: Well, brother Aaron, we appreciate your time uh, stopping by, talking to us today about your your parents, and uh, sure has been a blessing talking to you and, and getting some insights, more insight about on them. Uh, we want to thank the listeners for tuning in with us again this week. Uh, planning on uh, launching another episode next week and so please come back and join us until then let's make it